What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Thursday, April 9th. Here's what you missed while you were refreshing your checking account website all day waiting on that stimulus check. The Federal Reserve on Thursday set up new loan programs targeting small and medium businesses, providing another $2.3 trillion in overall support. The biggest action is this new $600 billion Main Street Lending Fund. It's not free, quote-unquote, grant money like the stimulus package, but this money is only 25 to 4% above the current rate, which is currently at zero. They're four-year loans, and interest is deferred for at least one year. There's also $500 billion in short-term notes that they're going to start buying directly from states, counties, and cities, providing them with much-needed funds. As the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell said today, there's no limit to Fed aid, although he didn't explain exactly what that meant. In a webcast appearance, he said the economy was strong enough to be robust once the cloud of the pandemic has passed. High unemployment can be temporary. And the market reacted Pretty well, actually. The Dow was up over 2%, closing in on 24,000, and the S&P and NASDAQ were similarly up around 2% or higher. For the week, the Dow is actually up over 11%, as some signs of positivity have been making their way through the perpetual dark news. Meanwhile, the Senate made almost no further movements on their next relief package aimed at small biz. Now, some of you may have come to rely on me as your arbiter of truth. And while I may try my best to bring you accurate news, you know, sometimes I might make a mistake every now and then. But I promise to always post a correction if so. But if you're not satisfied with that and you're looking for someone else to provide you with the facts, the hard, cold facts, then look no further than the Twitter account of Stakeum. Bet you didn't see that coming. That's right, Stakeum. The frozen, I guess it's beef strips sold at your local grocer or provided by your Instacart shopper, Rachel, hired a new PR agency a few years ago to connect with a younger audience. And I'm sure they had no idea that in 2020, they would be using that platform to drop truth bombs regarding the vid and misinformation. And it's getting a lot of attention with over 13,000 retweets and 48,000 likes. Even the Columbia Surgery Twitter account retweeted with the comment, never thought we'd say this, but here's an important thread from the at Stakem account. Anecdotes are not data. So what exactly was Stakem tweeting about? Quote, friendly reminder in times of uncertainty and misinformation. Getting tired of that times of uncertainty thing. But anyways, anecdotes are not data. Good data is carefully measured and collected information based on a range of subject dependent factors, including but not limited to controlled variables, meta analysis and randomization. Outliers attempting to counter global consensus around this pandemic with amateur reporting or unverified sourcing are not collecting data. Breaking news stories that that only relay initial findings of an event are not collecting data. We have to be careful in our media consumption. It can be difficult to know what to believe in a time when institutional trust is diminished and the gatekeepers of information have been dismantled, but it's more crucial now than ever before to follow a range of credentialed sources for both breaking news and data collection, end quote. It goes on, and it's actually a really good read, but seriously, wasn't expecting a lesson on media consumption consumption to go along with my lunch suggestions. As actor Jeffrey Wright tweeted, Stakem became presidential yesterday and goddammit, I missed the whole inauguration ceremony. Read all of this and yeah, do it. Link in the show notes. 
Google today posted a new article on their Android blog, and they're looking to make Android more accessible. They have a feature called TalkBack, where the device will speak aloud each UI element on the screen for navigational purposes. This can be very useful for those of us with vision impairment or blindness. But when replying to messages, you typically would have to rely on dictation, and maybe you just don't want to speak that message aloud. Well, there are Braille keyboards available, but those are usually external attachments and cumbersome to carry around, especially if you're just trying to send that peach, eggplant, and dartboard emoji back to your boo. Enter the TalkBack Braille keyboard. Google collaborated with Braille users and developers while coming up with it, and it should be familiar to anyone that has already typed with Braille keyboard before. Quote, it uses a standard six-key layout, and each key represents one of six Braille dots, which, when tapped, make any letter or symbol. To type an A, you would press dot one. To type a B, you'd press dots one and two together. It provides tactile feedback using the phone's vibration motor so you can position your fingers in the proper location. It then works on any text fields and even lets you delete letters, words, and add lines. Pretty neat. I love seeing accessibility in technology and new methods of implementation. Okay, so I'm sure you've heard the term essential workers so many times in the past 30 days that you've probably just made your own assumption about what those are. Obviously, we have our frontline healthcare workers and of course the standards of law enforcement, EMTs, whoop, whoop, firefighters, and your Subway sandwich guy. But if you drive around any regular city on your way to pick up your own essentials, like that special flour you need for them dumplings, you'll probably notice there's a lot of places that are still open. And a lot of these employees are walking around with these travel authorization letters that read something like the bearer of this letter is providing life-sustaining and essential services. My niece got one. She works at a senior living facility, so that kind of makes sense. But Leslie's Pool Mart? Are those vital workers? Well, Leslie's would have you believe so. As they say, the chain sells chemicals that can be used as alternatives to hand sanitizers and because swimming pools that aren't properly cared for can be health hazards. Many of Leslie's more than 900 locations remain open, end quote. I'm sure we all thought of heading to our pool supply store for cleaning products second, right after Walmart. Or Hobby Lobby and Joanne Fabrics. They say they sell materials for makeshift face masks. Even GameStop, who finally closed, was trying to say their keyboards were necessary for working from home. Quote, some businesses simply have declared themselves essential on their own say-so. Their workers are both grateful to have jobs and worried about being exposed to the deadly virus and then passing it on to family members at home there are no easy answers. So did you know H&R Block was open? Tax service is essential. And apparently some people go to the block for lines of credit. Ali said 20% of what they sell is essential. So keep the doors open for the good stuff cheap. And is anyone getting paid extra to work through all of this? Rarely. And if so, not a whole heck of a lot of reward for the risk. AutoNation is still selling cars and servicing them, even though hardly anyone should actually be on the road. Construction, well, that's still considered essential. Manual Manufacturing? Yep, them too. Although there's some question if there's really a need for high-end washers and dryers still being shipped out. And according to one employee at NFI Industry, it's almost impossible to remain at the recommended distance from colleagues during clock-in, breaks, and shift meetings. Gloves aren't given out, and on-site hand sanitizer dispensers often run empty these days. So what are your thoughts? Is it better to remain employed, provide a stable income for the household and keep this economy afloat? Or is the risk too great and not enough personal protection equipment being given to employees putting themselves in the danger zone daily? You tell me. 
Love to hear your thoughts. Send me a message, a tweet, a DM, a PM, a BBM. However, you still have access to get a hold of me. We'll chat there. If you found yourself in lockdown, like most of us, and still looking to kill time, lots of people have started to turn to jigsaw puzzles. I won't lie, I even completed one with Joyce last week that had been sitting on my coffee table for months. Ellen posted a photo of her puzzle that she recently finished. Even the Prime Minister of Australia referred to them as essential. So the rush to buy more is starting to put the industry under pressure to create them. Why, you may ask, does it put pressure to create them? Can't we just build more of the same ones that we have? Well, there's an extremely interesting story in the New York Times on how this is really all accomplished. I won't spoil it all for you, but they were able to check in with a German puzzle maker who sells like $600 million worth of puzzles a year, and they were able to check out their process. I mean, did you know that it takes weeks to create a single new puzzle? Quote, each puzzle piece must be uniquely shaped to avoid one accident accidentally fitting into the wrong place. That means a thousand different shapes for a thousand piece puzzle, each drawn by hand by designers. Pieces of metal are then shaped to form an elaborate cookie cutter made just for that jigsaw puzzle. It takes about four weeks to build one. The cutter can be used only a limited number of times before its edges are dulled. It can then be resharpened once and must be discarded. I mean, they even run focus groups to find trends for choosing the right photo to use it really is an interesting industry and the machines look super cool that are used to make them i'm also shocked how they're able to make sure that no pieces are missing that always drives me insane it is my constant excuse for not finishing one there's missing pieces it's impossible man oh well i finished one well my beautiful people those are my top five news stories of the day uh, you guys all know that 5G doesn't cause the coronavirus, right? I, I don't need to get into that. Okay, good. I know. I have a smart audience. Oh, I found a cool website. If you're already tired of binging Netflix and HBO and YouTube and all the other streaming services, or you just want to change of pace, it's called the Social Distancing Festival. Socialdistancingfestival.com. And it lists all the live streaming things that are happening around the globe. So if you want to check something new, or if you just want to find something to take your mind off of everything that's going on and you're looking for that live entertainment head on down okay this is my thursday show weekend's almost here as always remember to be well stay focused proud and dedicated i got you with the news